Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves play-in tournament loss to the LA Lakers. Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North joins the show to break down the loss. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. I'm joined by Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves' disappointing, uh, gut-wrenching play-in loss to the LA Lakers on Tuesday night. And Marnie, this was a really entertaining game for much of it. The Wolves led by as many as 15. I think they were up 11 at halftime. Uh, and then down the stretch, lack of offense, lack of uh, really, I guess that would be, I guess, the headline. Stagnant offense, lack of scoring. And ultimately, they do force overtime on some clutch by Conley free throws, but they fall short to the Lakers and now will play on Friday in the 9-10 game. Yeah, what a, what a wild game just in terms of you can't ever predict how things are going to go with this Timberwolves team, whether it's the good, the bad. Sometimes it's the ugly, but, like, nothing surprises me. The Wolves could win by 50, and I wouldn't even blink. They could lose by 50, I wouldn't blink. I, I had no feel for what this game was going to be like, and it kind of fit the bill in just, like, bizarre. Like, the fourth quarter was 19-12. to 12. Mike Conley had nine of the 12 points for the Wolves. TP had the other three. I mean, it just the whole thing was was weird. It didn't have a whole lot of flow to it, especially in the second half. Carl Anthony Towns foul trouble was a huge issue. And yeah, the Wolves, I mean, they were right there. They, they had chances to win it. They had chances to, to put it away and they just couldn't do it on the road in LA. Heck of a game by the Timberwolves, but not enough to win it. Yeah. And let's start with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I mean, I thought, so, well, let's start here. So Carl Anthony Towns, obviously like, we should, we should say this, everyone knows, no Rudy Gobert with the suspension, no Jade McDaniels with the broken hand, and no Nas Reed, obviously, with the, the fractured wrist. So Carl Anthony Towns was, needed to have a huge game. He was awesome against the Pelicans on Sunday, and he started this game even better. I think he was still perfect from the floor at halftime. He was passing the ball well, wasn't forcing the issue, generally avoiding the silly fouls, at least early, um, and was the best player on the floor, like, head and shoulders better than anybody on either team in the entire first half had the wolves up by 11 at halftime. And then as the game wore on, he did get into a little bit of foul trouble. Some of it, you know, he put himself in a couple tough situations, which tends to happen, but um, ended up in a little bit of foul trouble. And I thought from my perspective, it really kind of changed the way he played on both ends of the floor, even offensively. We've talked about this before, but you know, Cat Laster had the highest offensive foul rate of any player in the league. The higher percentage of his personal fouls were actually on the offensive floor, end of the floor, than anybody else in the league. That sort of fear, it seemed like, crept in. The Lakers were kind of shadowing him with the second defender. If he put his back to the basket, they would, you know, send a true double, trying to force the ball out of his hands. And I don't think he was quite aggressive enough down the stretch. And the Wolves, you mentioned uh, their issues late in the game. I mean, they scored zero they made zero field goals in the last six minutes of regulation uh and i think a lot of that was just kind of not knowing you know town's not really being aggressive enough and not knowing how to handle what the lakers are throwing at him plus the foul trouble yeah he he talked about it too in in the post game he was very 
conscious of the foul issues and mentioned the word flop on multiple occasions. So uh, I believe Carl thinks he maybe committed three of his five fouls and the other two were were flops by uh, by the Lakers and getting the calls there. I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but it um, it definitely affected the way he played. It definitely affected his ability to be aggressive or whether it was to go for a rebound or to set a screen or to drive to the hole as opposed to taking a jump shot. Like it just, it kind of dominated the second half of play for Carl in particular. He had 17 points at halftime. He was a perfect five of five from the field, but he only had seven points in the whole second half and overtime. Those all came in the third quarter. So Carl did not score in the fourth quarter or overtime. He played eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, that that fourth quarter where the Wolves had 12 points and were desperate, desperate for offense. And Towns played eight and a half minutes. He took two shots. He went yep. over two. And, and same thing. He, he played a little more than that, like 845, I think. But he went over two and had zero points. And that was the time when the Wolves needed the offense the most. Just, I mean, just you think of an overtime game, it's literally tied. If you can get one basket seemingly here or there, that could be the difference in the game. And the Wolves just couldn't get it. And Towns just, he just, he was not himself. I mean, Ant wasn't himself either, but Carl yep. with the five fouls was a shell of the player that he was in the first half. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it. Towns had, you're right. Two, two shot attempts. So the fourth quarter and overtime combined, one was kind of a mid range jumper. The other was a, a decently open look at a three. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was like the Lakers were daring him to turn baseline. They were shading him to the middle of the floor. They, they had a, a second defender kind of shadowing him and cat was hitting some of the same skip passes that he was early in the game, but the Lakers were crisper defensively. Uh, I, I like, I, I want to credit the Lakers there because I do think they were pretty bad defensively early in this game, which is an understatement. Um, they got better as the game went on there. They were, were crisper in their rotations. They were recovering to shooters, closing out under control. And and I thought for the most part, Towns was making the right basketball plays throughout this game. Like there was never like a crazy ill-advised, you know, pass or anything that he was doing. There were just a couple of moments where, you know, just spin baseline once, just make them think about what they're doing. And it just never really happened. And, and Anthony Edwards, for his part, uh, we should talk about his struggles. Um, I know that he fell on his shoulder in the third quarter, but like before any of that happened, he was already struggling in this game. He clearly was struggling after he fell over Anthony Davis. Um, I think it was like mid-third quarter. He finished with nine points on three of 17 shooting, 0 of 9 outside the arc, which means he was, he was what, three of eight on two-point attempts, only got to the line four times. He did have eight rebounds, five assists, three blocks. He played really well defensively, especially in the first half. Had a big steal, um, you know, did, like, I thought he was good defensively. The second leading rebounder for the Wolves, good on the glass, but the offensive game. This was as as um, I don't know what the best adjective is here, but it was like the most off, if that makes sense, that we've seen Ant offensively in a really, really long time. He was totally off. Yeah, I thought he was totally off, and I don't just mean his shot. It wasn't his shot was off. He, as a basketball player, was totally off. And I saw I was kind of searching through Twitter to see if something had happened or like I missed something and there were several theories about the shoulder and somebody thought maybe a concussion or and I'm like well you don't put a guy back out there if you think he might have gotten a concussion or right. play like that and I agree with you you said something Ben about the about um, it 
it not being a good night for Edwards even before he fell on his shoulder. And that's what I thought. And that and there was there was a, a time when he went up to block a shot after that with his left hand with and he didn't have any um, he didn't grimace with his face or anything. It didn't look it just didn't look like by his movements, it didn't look like that left shoulder was bothering him. It just looked like something was totally off. He was um, almost like in a fog, in a fog or a daze. It was a really weird thing to watch. It didn't look like any Anthony Edwards game I've for sure seen this season. And it feels like it's been a while. And I, I, I don't know what it was, but it was all game. It wasn't just after that nasty fall that he took. And so whatever it was, let's just hope he can shake it off quickly and get back to the uh, Anthony Edwards we're used to seeing by Friday. There were times um, Dennis Schroeder was was guarding Anthony Edwards at times and Ant would just stand a foot and a half, two feet behind the three-point line and not really move, like not cut, not rotate, just kind of watch the ball on offense, just guarded by Schroeder. And it was, it was bizarre to watch. I don't have an explanation for it. I don't know if he does, but yeah. um, hopefully it was a one-game blip and we're moving on from there because the Wolves are going to need him on Friday. Yeah, the Lakers went from doing what a lot of other teams had done, which was effectively guard Ant with two, like not quite the Luka, James Harden defense, but similar. Some teams have, have really sold out and done that. The Lakers were doing that early, and then late in the game, it was like, I think we can leave Dennis Schroeder on Ant and be okay. And that's you know basically what they did, and it pretty much worked. Uh, the sponsors of tonight's show, are our title sponsors are our friends over at GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have at the event. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference uh it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set snag your tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lockdown nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Lockdown NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, one of my theories in this game for the Wolves, uh, and and there's a lot of a lot tons of storylines, way more than we have time to unpack here, and, and I'll do a lot more of it uh, on the on the uh, the post game podcast Wednesday show for Lockdown Wolves. Uh, but like there's the officiating angle, there's the free throw differential, there's we've already talked about Cat and Ant, there's obviously Mike Conley, we should talk about him. But one of the things that I think it can easily get lost here because the Wolves actually played pretty well defensively is I thought Rudy Gobert's absence was was really key. I mean, Minnesota ended up being a minus 11 on the glass in this game. They gave up 12 offensive rebounds to the Lakers. Um, significant second chance points, especially early in this game as the Lakers were kind of hanging around. Um, ultimately points in the paint. I think the Wolves are a minus 18. was the number I saw. Um, so they get beat points in the paint. They get beat on the glass. I would argue that Gobert's absence plays into the free throw differential as well. The Wolves are a minus nine in terms of free throw attempts, uh, both because you have guys that aren't rim protectors trying to protect the rim and fouling. And you also have less paint attempts for the Wolves. Um, I thought Gobert's absence, and I know they played well in the second half without him against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans and Lakers are two different teams, two different offenses. And Gobert's absence, I thought, was significant 
given this matchup and, and what the Wolves had to try and do without him in the interior? I would agree with that. And I would think that Anthony Davis doesn't have the significant rebounding, especially game that he had. There were, um, what did AD, I want to say he had 11 rebounds at halftime and three or four of them were offensive rebounds and he might've had a basket on every one of them. There was a stretch there where he just was killing the wolves on the boards. And then he went quiet for a little bit and they kind of went to uh, other options offensively. But the times when Anthony Davis dominated in the paint were these little stretches or these little chunks that just seemed to make a big difference, have a big impact. And so often I would think like, oh, Fruity was in there. How would this be different? But I also found myself thinking several times, if Nas Reed was in there, how would this be different? Yeah. Because the offense got so stagnant in the fourth quarter and he just wanted that quick, that move, that cut, that pass, that spin, that all the all the wonderful quick things that Nas Reed does. And it's not fair to sit here and mope and, and whine and groan about Nas not being in there because he's not coming back. He's not going to not gonna play on Friday. We didn't have him tonight, and that's how it is. But you can't help but think how these some of these games would be different with different personnel. Thankfully, Friday night, though, Rudy Gobert will be back. One last point related to interior play. The Timberwolves, in terms of shots in the paint, they had seven shot attempts in the paint in the first quarter, nine in the second quarter, ten shot attempts in the paint in the third quarter, only two in the fourth, and three in overtime. So fourth quarter and overtime combined 17 minutes. They had five total shot attempts in the paint. Every other quarter, they had at least seven. Um, so I like that. That to me plays into, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about free throw differential, officiating, et cetera. That to me is the biggest reason for the free throw differential here. Uh, frankly, I thought it could be a lot worse because you're talking about a Lakers team that is second in terms of free throw rate league wide. The Wolves commit the, actually the second most fouls per game and allow the fifth most fouls per, or excuse me, free throws per field goal attempt, essentially defensive free throw rate in the entire league. And they were only a minus nine, which like isn't great, but uh, you know, it's not as bad as it could have been, not as bad as it has been against Lakers in the past. So to me, the bigger issue was the overall interior defense, the the second chance points that we've talked about, and then the lack of shot attempts in the paint for the Wolves in general in this game uh, more than anything else. We should talk about Mike Conley because he was great, uh, and he was a big reason for the Wolves, I mean, sticking around, like building the lead they did because he was perfect from the floor in the first half. Uh, sticking around, uh, hanging around in the fourth quarter, and then obviously sending the game to overtime, being fouled on the corner three-point attempt by Anthony Davis with point one on the clock, and then knocking down all three free throws. Conley had 23 points on 7 of 11 shooting, 6 of 8 on threes in this game. Really, really good game for the Timberwolves veteran point guard. Conley was great. Yeah, he, every starter, too, played at least 41 minutes. That was the, the low end of, of play, and Conley's 35 years old, and he was... He was really tough tonight. I just thought he he's such a smart guy, and he's constantly thinking the game. We've talked about him plenty on this podcast. But, man, him hitting those – Mike Conley hitting those three free throws at the end of regulation, that first one he had to grimace to get it in there, man. He hit that front of the rim, and he had to, he had to give it a little body language from the free throw line. But to hit all three of those in that clutch situation was fantastic. And that those – by the way, talking about that fourth quarter, Ben, and the, and the uh, lack of shot attempts, you mentioned lack of shot attempts in the paint in the fourth quarter. When Mike Conley hit those three free throws at the end of regulation, those were the first points the Wolves had scored since the six-minute mark when Mike Conley hit a three-pointer. They went the final yeah. six minutes 
of regulation without scoring. And if Anthony Davis doesn't follow Mike Conley in the corner on that three-point shot, the Wolves go the final six without scoring. I yeah, mean, and that it was also unheard of. It's incredible, um, and it you know stagnant offense is is probably an understatement. It, like like we talked about, like, I mean, it's just there was no flow, and, and it's crazy because it was such the offense had so much flow for for so much of the first three quarters, and part of that was I think Ant knew he was off. Uh, early in the game, and there's just a lot more ball movement. Towns was passing the ball. They were cutting to kill. Alexander Walker was really good as an active cutter. Um, just so much to like about about what the offense was doing for the mo- most of the first three quarters, and it just completely went away. Also, you mentioned the Conley free throws being those only points late in the game. Those are the only three free throw attempts, I believe, in the entire second half yes. in overtime yes. for Minnesota, Correct. Yep. which... Again, goes back to what I mentioned a minute ago, the points of the paint or the uh, well, the the shot attempts of the paint stat. And well, they only had two shot attempts of the paint in the fourth quarter. They had 10 in the third quarter and didn't actually get the free throw line a single time. Um, and, and again, I, I do think fourth quarter overtime was more due to a lack of aggression for the Wolves than anything else. But 10, 10 paint attempts in the third quarter, no free throw attempts to show for it. Um, all right. So rough loss, obviously. Gobert presumably will be back. You know, as a one-game suspension imposed by the team. He should be back Friday. We don't yet know the opponent. It's going to be either Oklahoma City or New Orleans, whoever wins that playing game on Wednesday. The Wolves have not seen the Thunder, weirdly, since mid-December. Um, so, like, it's basically the same team, obviously, you know, led by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The Wolves did beat them three out of four times and, and like, pretty easily, I think, in all three of their victories, if I remember correctly. So um, I, I guess one of them was a little bit closer. But still, uh, it's been a long time since we've seen the Thunder, like four months, uh, which is incredible. And then, of course, weirdly, just saw the Pelicans on Sunday. The Wolves beat the Pelicans two out of three times um, on its face. You know, the Thunder maybe scare me a little bit more in terms of like they really have nothing to lose, nothing, you know, and everything to play for. But on the flip side, the Pelicans to me are a little bit of a tougher matchup for Minnesota. So, uh, you know, either way, it's going to be crazy at Target Center Friday. And and obviously you got to win to get that eight seed and take on Denver in the first round. It's going to be wild. And you get into these situations where you put it all on the line because it's different than this game tonight where the loser of this game still has another game on Friday. The loser of that game has nothing there. It's over that your season is done. And I feel like that urgency just creates a different kind of energy. It is a, it is a true backs against the wall must win situation and all kinds of weird stuff happens in those kinds of games. So you can, you can look at previous matchups and you can make your best guess. And then you just kind of, throw it all in the air and watch it fly. I'm I'm thrilled that the Wolves are getting a home game. I mean, obviously I would rather have them win tonight and get a home or get a playoff series guaranteeing them a couple of home games, but the uh, the atmosphere and the energy in Target Center all season has been awesome. And last year at the play-in and playoffs was incredible. It was an electricity and a vibe that we have not seen in years. So I'm anticipating that on Friday night. I'm hoping it can have an impact and carry the team. And Ant is right. And whether it's the Pelicans or the OKC Thunder, I would hope that the Wolves come ready and prepared and locked in and from the jump and just take care of business. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. So we'll, it'll either be Wolves Thunder or Wolves Pelicans on Friday. Well, of course, don't 
don't know what time the game will be at. We just know it'll be at Target Center. We will go live with the postcast shortly after that game on Friday. So be sure to subscribe to Locked on Sports Minnesota on YouTube to be notified when we go live on Friday. You can also listen to it after the fact on your favorite audio platform on the Locked on Wolves feed. Uh, we'll, that, that'll be the next game. Hopefully not the last game. Hopefully we've got another series of games next week, but we'll catch you on Friday. A big thank you for listening uh, tonight. A big thank you for watching, and we'll catch you next time.